So, support your local mass information center with Better Buddies. Hello, and welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. With us this week, it's James. Hello. Our Better Buddies icebreaker this week. Do you think your life is better because of this show? We are at episode 200. We are eight away from our fourth birthday. We're almost four years old. Aw. And is your life better because of this show? Yes, I'm nodding my head and fat and emphatically. Yes, such a good action for so. not only a audio medium but also one where we're recording and can't see each other. You're nodding that's for no I, one. That's why I described it. But it's it's oh. yeah. I, I we got to do it I, as know, like an audiobook format. James nodded oh, his yeah. head in agreement. In agreement, wildly. In wild agreement, he reflected <laughs> back on his four years. The many ups and downs as he became more integrated into the show. The many jokes and laughs they had. That time he said he was going to eat babies in a dumpster. Oh, good times. Ah, each memory better than the last. James said. I will say. He said. I, I really enjoy doing this i think it's really fun i think it's honestly helped keep like our it's at least helped me keep touch with you guys um as i've been away and i have genuinely it's not just like the show it's like the culture sort of around the show like i i do think it's kind of beautiful because i know that you know we don't have like a lot of listeners you know i i don't i, I know that it's not this like huge thing but i i don't, I, think, I don't think medium even begins to describe it i <laughs> i Small, i think like tiny, yeah but it's it's great it's like it's like, it's like a little it's like a little player it's it's An more ember. of like it's Wait, a small... sorry. A cold ember. <laughs> a matchstick after know. you've already put it out, but it's still smoking a little. Hey, I love the smell of those. I I just... Yeah, I, I, I really personally in, enjoy it. Like, it's like a nice little campfire that I find myself coming back to. And I do hope, like, anyone who listens to the show may be able to find it as such. In fact, I hope it inspires you to do similar things with your own friend and to you that it's well worth it. I'll be honest, I'm not entirely sure we get an average of seven to nine downloads an episode, or if I'm just submitted to, like, five podcatchers for, like, the different platforms it's on, so it counts it as downloads. It's... It's the spirit of the show accounts. Also, submit to Libsyn. I should probably do that. Four years so in, I finally had that thought. 
it's a it's a good it's a good one um it'll get you um yeah i like i i genuinely cannot imagine my life without this show i i hope we do this forever oh well don't worry 76 more episodes and we'll be at the end of season one <laughs> we're not even done with the first season yet no oh my gosh <laughs> What is the first season? How long do you? How long are your seasons, RJ? Five years? Apparently. Four years? <laughs> no, wait, sorry. <laughs> uh, it's. Hang on, it's over five years because two hundred and sixty would be five years. I love that. That's a pretty awesome season, honestly. That's season a great one. story. Our first arc. Better, better buddies, season. Season one. two, we're gonna become <laughs> a. Oh, a uh, an audio drama vlog. Yes, but in yes. audio format, so you hear the recordings of us recording a vlog as it becomes an yes. audio drama. It's perfect. It's just ironic enough that we'll capture the hipster scene, but not so ironic but... as to alienate everyone else. Exactly. It's beautiful. Um, you know, there's what a secret you? to the show, right? What is the secret? I can't tell you the secret. It's for everyone to find out. It's um, a game. I've been touting it since episode one. I fell off explaining it because, you know, people should have paid fucking attention. But there's a there's a hidden message. In the show? Yep. What is this National Treasure Gravity Falls Illuminati? It's an AR game. Sonic Lodge. Don't worry. Uh... We'll we'll tell everyone you... what it is at the end of season one because the game's over once we hit two seventy six no two seventy seven. Oh man, I have no idea. How can you give advice no. or hints? No, I'll have to go back and listen to the show. I've been at this for four years, James. I've been working not... on this for four fucking years. Are you serious? <laughs> Are you yes. actually serious? <laughs> I don't know, am I? Dude, you're... I'm wigged out right now. I'm, I'm genuinely... I'm gonna have to go back and listen now. That's okay. How, You'll be how do it. you... I'm excited. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm, I love games. <laughs> I'm not good at them, but I enjoy playing them. Look for the clues. How... How do you feel? How uh, Do you think your life is better because of this show, RJ? My life is immensely better because of this show. And I've said it before, I'll say it again, and I'll say it to anyone who will listen. I love recording this show. Like, I deadass nearly, like, rearranged my work schedules to be able to accommodate this show. <laughs> like, it is the last thing I want to have to reschedule. Um, because no matter how shitty of a week I'm having, I will come... I will walk into this booth. I say booth, it's really just my home office. I will walk into my home office, I'll sit down in my chair, I'll be in the crappiest mood. And you can actually hear it in one of my episodes from a two years ago, where it's literally like, I think it's titled like, Old Man RJ or something. And I will be having the worst day. And I sit down, I record, and I am ready to face the rest of my week. It's a reset button that I sorely need. 
The show is better than sex. <laughs> that that is the attitude. I love that. <laughs> Mom, dad, and any family members that might be listening, I wouldn't know. Uh So Are there any are there any lessons that you've taken from being a part of this show? Uh the first lesson I have taken from being a part of this show is never put out your first episode. I learned that lesson the day after it dropped when one of my coworkers pulled me aside at the job I was out at the time and was like, Yeah, yeah, you need some work. Most uh, most shows, like, record their first one and then don't put it out and then record, like, the second or third version of it. And I was like, yeah. Oh, well. Too late. Um, I also think, like, a genuine takeaway from the show has been just have some kind of project in your life. Like... I, I get it, right? Like, I've been there, you've been there. I think everybody's been there. When you're at that point in your life where you're just like, I, I don't have a capacity to do anything but work and come home and put the TV on and just sit there. Or just play on your phone and you just don't have the energy to do anything else. But even on those days... I still made time to do this show. I, I still put out the show. Going to fucking Japan couldn't stop me from putting out this show. And I was on the other side of the fucking globe. And... It's just nice to have that project you're always working on. It's a fucking hobby. It's called having a hobby. Like... Whatever else is going on in your life you still have that thing where it's, you're more than just every other person on the block. If people say, oh, what do you like to do for fun? Oh, you know, I watch Netflix, and I work out, and I have a podcast. Oh, you have a podcast? That's cool. Like, have something in your life that's not just television or TikTok. Like, I, I know I sound like an old man yelling at a cloud right now, but come on, folks. You don't have to be good at things. Just do things. Rant over. Welcome. To, thank you for coming oh, on my TED Talk. I love that. That might be one of my favorite moments of the show. <laughs> well, that was fantastic, I mean, RJ. You, got, was you got your writing and shit, right? Like, you write. You help me record this. You've got your... Um, your blogs plug your shit plug your fucking shit yeah no i'm i'm like uh famous for overbooking myself like i do i do the the paper the midwest transfer and i do diners new york and i do like my writing and stuff like that and i've always done that i um i agree wholeheartedly that like having these projects in your life um it it's awesome I, I genuinely think, RJ, like, you have found this wonderful sweet spot where, like, I am personally envious because, like, a lot of my projects are, um, at times, like, really overly intensive and 
complex and like they take a long time and there's like rewards in those like don't get me wrong um there absolutely are so i'm not trying to signal or counter signal anything really though like i what i love about this is like your dedication like there was a there was a day this you don't morning have to do any like, of the work <laughs> yeah i mean yeah, that is honestly that is so nice to be able to just like be a sidecar for like a moment on like a project like this and just kind of like hang out I'm, I'm not gonna lie like it is really nice um but like i think your dedication is genuinely like inspiring there are days where th there was a day this week where it's like I slept in, like, I usually write in the morning, and I, I just didn't. I wrote later in the evening, but it's just, like, you're, like, you have found this, like, perfect synthesis of, like, community and artistry. Well, I'm just, on. I'm just, I'm, I'm, like, simultaneously so proud and, like, happy for you. I found a good balance for a hobby. <laughs> Yeah, I, like, like I would, I would argue on the community bit, just because it's not like, like the community I've created is not a community of, oh, we're a community like surrounding a creative project. It's, hey, it's the friend group of people I talk to, anyways. No, but it's like, I, like, you're 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 right. Where the community is small, it's still though like you are actively bringing people together. Um, and not for, like, um, it's not for profit, it's not for this, like, it's not for any cause, like, it's for, like, the purest experience possible, which is just being with other people, just being there with them. And I think that's, like, that's really cool. Like, it's a completely, it feels so well-intentioned and good-natured, and... I really enjoy being part of that, and I am, like, blown away to watch you have done this over the years, um, because you are consistent, like, and and you're always there, and it's I also want to really, point out that really we're cool. pre-pandemic. We were a podcast before everybody had time for podcasts. We, that we are. You can even listen to some of the early podcasts, uh, where the pandemic was happening as we were uh we're literally a historic like a, a fucking sociological artifact yeah truly you can listen to you can listen as we are recording and then end up like going home and <laughs> shit like is fucked up and then we realize oh shit's not as fucked up as we thought it was and then that, it was kind of more fucked up and then it was less fucked up <laughs> and then we kind of realized season... we didn't care if it was fucked up anymore Season one is crazy, dude. <laughs> season, season one is nuts. Hang on. Season one had a pandemic. Australia on fire. Ukraine and Russia going at each other's throats. Uh, the 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 uh, the ri the fall of Trump, the rise yeah, of Biden, the riot at the Capitol. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I think I, I recorded go back. that day. Hang on, let me double check you, what day that did. was. Um, I'm like dead certain that we did. That was last year. Two years ago. Was that 22 or 21? It was 21. It was January of 21. 
Yeah, we were recording that night. <laughs> That's awesome. I listened to it, and it's actually like I I go. That is the one that I will go back and re-listen to because it is so fun to hear the interplay between the three of us. Like, so good, so fun. Um, I, I don't know, and that's the thing, dude. Is like without even necessarily meaning to, like, just by making this thing, like you've captured genuinely beautiful moments in both history and people and that's like that's like what art is all about that makes you more real than i mean archaeologists wet dream yeah dude you're you're doing it like you're like i don't know i'm i'm so genuinely proud of you and i'm like over the moon to be here it's awesome well i appreciate that and i'm glad you're here because i said i've said i'll do it if I have to, to keep the show going, but I really don't want to fucking talk to myself in a room for an hour. I was gonna, I was thinking about that. Would you ever do even willingly like a solo episode? I know that's like a, like maybe that's like contrary to the ethic of the show, but I don't know. Like, um, would you ever do one if you like excluding like circumstances that would you would force you to, would you ever do one? I honestly don't know. Like, I I can listen to myself talk for long enough if I have to, but I feel like I'd need more of a script than I already have. Mm -hmm. Or I just need to acknowledge that I'd be even more cyclical in my talking than I already am with the two to three other people who also interrupt me to talk about the same points we've talked about for the last 20 years. <laughs> like I I I do it but I I don't know what I'd do it on you know like I don't know if I'd do that as a podcast or a vlog I don't know if I'd even do I even want to do a vlog like I don't an know. audio vlog well, an audio vlog is just a blog, like, a, is just a podcast. Yeah, I mean, I would honestly say, and this is, to be fair, this is from somebody who has been deeply, egoistically self-involved uh, in the past, uh, historically speaking. However, I will say that record sometimes, honestly, recording yourself, like, just talking, like, picking an idea and talking about it. I, I started doing this when I was... Um, like a, f a few years ago. Oh, you and... know what? I know what I'd do. I what apologize. Would you do? I apologize for interrupting. Okay. But way back, way, 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 way back in the day, beginning of the show, I'd had an idea. Of, I had a couple ideas bouncing around for like podcasts I wanted to do, and one I actually I could see turning into like a email blast. One idea I had was basically a a newsletter for supervillain henchmen. But I could see turning that into like an actual newsletter. That'd be fun. But the actual idea I had was the official podcast of but it would be the unofficial podcast like the it'd be called the official podcast of with the art having like a UN scratched out 
Um, and every episode, it would be the official podcast of a new thing. Where it's basically reading Wikipedia articles, but that day, we just get super hyped over fucking apples. Like, fuck yeah, we're the official Apple podcast. We talk about apples. That shit is delicious. Or, like, <laughs> Discord. We're now the official podcast of Discord. Here's all the Discord news you need to know. But that, that for that week, we are the Discord podcast. And then next ever, week, we're the Dungeons & Dragons official podcast. Have you ever thought about doing themed episodes for this show? Uh, we've done some themed episodes. Were you not there yeah, for- we did Dune. Uh, yeah, I was about to say, the Dunathon. Oh, I remember the Dunathon. I, I remember it well. Um, I've I, done some, like, holiday-themed ones, too. Like, I don't know, I-, I one, I actually, I think that, uh, I don't know how long you could keep the unofficial, the official matter. podcast going. Fun. You could do it forever. It. You literally just browse Wikipedia, hang on, we're gonna do some Wikipedia game right here and now. Wikipedia. And... We're gonna go to English with six million articles. Oh, today's featured article... The planet Mars. So literally just Dude. like, uh, okay, today we are the official podcast of astronomical objects. Dude. Love like, me some Mars. No other planet has been in more movies other than the one that we're on, but that's, you know, that's nah, unfair. That doesn't count. <gasps> Grant's Tomb. We're the official podcast of Grant's Tomb. The General Grant National Memorial in Washington, D.C. General Grant's tomb uh, is the final resting place of Ulysses S. Grant, except <gasps> it's empty. Oh, my goodness. Sure. He's out walking around right now. He's looking for a drink. I mean, according to the front page of Wikipedia that I was looking at, it said, did you know, no one is buried in Grant's tomb. To say why. I'm trying to find out. Um. Some portions of the monument were never completed. Domed, it's so, a dome mausoleum in Morningside Heights. Oh wait, oh shit. Like this is in New York. Oh, it's in New York? the hell oh it's my bad it said for the memorial in washington dc see the ulysses grant memorial this is in uh manhattan in new york oh my City. god i could visit this i've definitely i've probably accidentally walked by this place design and construction it's cross streets um i can't find anything about his body not being there so i don't know but uh yeah so that if I had to voluntarily do a pot do like an audio recording where it's just me talking, that is probably the show I would make is the unofficial podcast of. Uh, Though that was the title I was gonna go for. It was it was gonna be called unofficial, and then we'd be the official podcast of whatever the topic was for that day, and we just rant Sounds and ramble fun. about whatever the fuck it was. But we had to keep going back to that topic. I love that. I think that actually, that 
That'd be really fun. Maybe we'll do a feed drop episode. That's season two. Yeah. That's just season two. Yeah, that's season two. <laughs> we'll we'll keep we can season. We'll read all of Wikipedia. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, yes. I'm so in. People say they hate podcasts that are just reading the internet. Well, we're actually gonna do it. Yeah, man. We are gonna do it. Could yeah, I would love that. This I is a job. You get, to, you get to read Wikipedia all day. Oh my god, I kind of Wikipedia might be my favorite site on the internet. I it love is. Wikipedia. Also, you know what? Wikipedia is currently doing its yearly like donation drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, go go donate. Go donate like three, five bucks. I try to donate five bucks a year because Wikipedia is such a damn good site. Like, they deserve it. It's like so pure. It's like what the internet is supposed to be. But that's the thing. It is pure. There's no ads. It has no corporate sponsors. It's a foundation. Like, it's structured as a foundation. And yeah, oh, Jimmy Wales, for just the price of a cup of coffee, you can keep Wikipedia. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. The dude asks for money one time a year to keep his free repository of inf- accurate information going for the good of humanity. Give the dude some fucking money. Want to say I either... I've ranted about this they... before on the show, but they have merch. You can buy Wikipedia merch. They sell fucking stickers. That. Go buy yourself a goddamn sticker. I thought I supported them. I've been supporting them since 2020. No, oh, maybe 2019. I was actually it could have been 2019. I did my first support. I cancel. I'll have to. I'm gonna. Although I haven't set it up as a recurring one, uh, maybe I should. I'll set it up as a monthly one. Why not? I'll do it right. I guess I used to give. I'll give five dollars every month to oh, actually. You don't need to do monthly, James. Please. Seven dollars. What do you mean? They, they don't, uh, they need monthly. Do they need monthly? Do they? I don't know. They only ask for once a year. So like, do they need the monthly? Dude, they ask for this shit all the time. No. I feel like I feel like I feel like every other week I wander on Wikipedia, they're asking for money. No. No. Oh wait, let's actually let's do some deep diving. Who owns the Wikimedia Foundation? Well, <laughs> That's a always a great. Tax exempt organization. Oh, the the best things always come from those. <laughs> Sorry, hold on. Sorry, let's Catholic do... Church. Yeah, founder Jimmy Wales. Nickname is Jimbo Wales. Let's oh, see. also, that's another good thing to know is just how many fucking languages it's in. There's a million plus articles in German, Spanish, French, Italian, the Netherlands, Portuguese, uh, looks like Sanskrit. Uh, and then there's 250,000 articles for Indonesia, um, Roma- Roma- Romanian. Uh, Catalan, Czech, Danish, Esperanto, Basque, Persian, Hebrew. There's 250,000 plus articles on Wikipedia in Hebrew. 
and then 50,000 plus articles in Western Frisian, simple English, Greek, Estonian, Bosnian, Albanian, Slovenian, like all these small little languages nobody really thinks about as often. And they have 50,000 articles in Uzbek. And another it 47 languages. It's sort of crazy that's the, uh, that the Wikipedia, like, or that, like, the internet as a whole is mainly in English. Like, I know that there's obviously huge parts of it that are in Chinese or, um... That's not, that doesn't count. Yeah, they don't count. That's fake. It's just kind of, it's kind of crazy that the, that a lot of it was built here in the United States. Like, we own, essentially, the information superhighway. We well, we Google. created the information superhighway with the help of the British. Damn so, straight. Once again, we team up. It was the British, the Canadians, the Americans, and then we gave it to the rest of the world, and the rest of the world said, ah, shit. It's already in English. What do we do? Which, like, I'm honestly, kidding. though, that's, like, the thing, is, like, everybody's like, oh, English is gonna get subsumed by other languages. Like, that was the fear back in the day. It was like, oh... English is going to disappear under Spanish or for Chinese. And it's like, no. No. English is the language of business, the internet, and flight. They're not switching over anytime soon. Yeah, it's... Anywhere. I, I mean... I don't know. I... I wonder, like, from a one-to-one -one ratio, how difficult it is to learn um, to learn Chinese as a non-speaker compared to learning English as a non-speaker. You know what I mean? I don't know. I'd, uh... Right, I'm browsing Wikipedia I'm too much. I'm trying... I'm trying to find out if they have any shady, uh, shady donors. Um, well, I think there's a much faster way. Just check Wikipedia for Wikipedia scandals. I, that's what I'm doing. What's very interesting is that Wikimedia Enterprise. Okay, so wait, never mind. These are list of Wikipedia controversies. Wikipedia. There's been some. Uh, <laughs> there's been some. What? Oh. Uh, in 2002, late February, the Spanish Wikipedia community broke away from Wikipedia to protest plans by Jimmy Wales and Larry Sanger to sell advertising on Wikipedia sites. Um, and then, because of that, the question of advertising has been a sensitive subject. It's fascinating. this is so cool i like the fact that someone actually built this is actually like insane um hmm. in october 2002 <clears throat> derek ramsey increased the number of wikipedia articles by about 40 percent with the creation of a bot called rambot that generated 33,832 Wikipedia stub articles from October 19th to the 25th for every missing county, town, city, and village in the United States based on the United States Census of 2000. 
That's amazing. Um, see if there's any recent can't recent controversies. Oh man, there's a lot of controversies. There's November more than I expected. 20- 2021, the English Wikipedia's entry for mass killings under communist regimes was nominated for deletion, with some art editors arguing that it had it has a biased anti-communist point of view, that it should, should not resort to simplistic presuppositions that events are driven by any specific ideology, and that by combining different elements of research to create a synthesis, this constitutes original research and therefore breaches Wikipedia rules. This is criticized by historian Robert Toombs, who called it morally indefensible, at least as bad as Holocaust denial. Um, a fascinating. But this is awesome. June 2022, a Chinese woman was found to have created over 200 fictional articles on the Chinese Wikipedia, writing millions of words of imagined history that went unnoticed for more than 10 years. She went under this username, I think it's Zhemao. Some Zhemao, some of the Zhemao hoaxes were translated and entered into other Wikipedias, among them the English and Russian Wikipedias. That is so cool. Um, in what the hell? There's a lot of shit in here. Let's see what's the most recent. Uh, in 2021, September, the Wikimedia Foundation banned seven accounts in Desisopt, I don't know that word, 12 accounts in the Chinese Wikipedia. Um, what was this? Oh, I saw the anti-communist one you pointed out. Um, in 2023, let's see what we got. 2023. Um... March 2023, it was noticed that Wikipedia had displayed an incorrect image of the flag of Vatican City for many years. Uh. Dude, that's... Oh, man, that is the only thing that's, like, really scary about it is the fact that it is not technically, like, a static piece of media, so it can be, like, um... it can just be edited and they can say like oh it was the incorrect one and then it gets changed yeah but that's also just internet paranoia well and that's it's an uh, yes and no but part of it too is that like yes it can just get changed but in the same vein it's monitored and censored and observed so that it's like yeah you can go in and change it but there's a literal horde of people who this is what they do is wikipedia articles and they'll fact check your ass and maybe you get away with it for a while but it does get fixed all right that kind of that brings a smile to my face because I remember reading one time, there like, an article about a somebody whose, like, whole thing was Wikipedia. Like, it, it was just an article about a guy who was a Wikipedia editor, and that was, like, his whole thing, and how he fought against bots and scams and trolls and all that, like, misinformation. It's really cool. Our next segment... 
Better Buddies Recommend, where we recommend a piece of media to enjoy. Would you like to start? You can go, my man. Go for it. Oh, shit. He got me. What was I going to recommend? Oh! No, I can't recommend that. That was bad. I don't recommend that. Don't! Do not watch the original Dungeons & Dragons movie. It's so bad. It's awful. When was it it made? 2000. (laughs) Like... So it's not good. You know the Lord of the Rings movies that came out in the early 2000s and were Mm. beautiful and realistic and, my God, if I could just be Aragorn for five seconds... Yeah, this isn't it. It the CGI is shit. It's so garbage. It's so fucking garbage. Shit CGI. There's an entire map adventure they just don't show you. Like, two of the main characters get sucked into a map to learn information about what they should do. And you'd think like, oh, the map world is where the cool shit's going down. Because it's the map world. You got sucked into it. No, we're going to watch the characters who stayed behind escape a bar fight. That's not what the movie going public wants. I don't think so. Otherwise, they'd be at the bar fights in real life. <laughs> Dang, you're right. Got a point. Um, no, what I am going to recommend is Baldur's Gate 3. It's Dungeons oh, & Dragons, no. the video game. I know someone who's been playing this. What is it? What is up with this game? Okay. So, you know Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition, how you can do all that on paper and pencil and roll dice? Yes. Yeah, it's that, but in a video game. I'm not joking. Like, the multiplayer is good enough that people have been like, well, we think you could actually just run Dungeons & Dragons sessions in the multiplayer. Like, run your own session. Is it like an MMO? Nope. Or? It is a single-player computer RPG. Or a multiplayer computer RPG where you and your friends uh, do the campaign, but as the characters you make, and it's uh, the rest of it's AIs and AI and art and that shit. So, like, instead of having a party of NPCs, you just have a party of your friends. Does it have a, a story? Yep, it's got a full story. It's got cutscenes. It's got side quests. It's got characters that you can befriend and romance. It's got levels, and there are skill challenges, but unlike a Fallout Bethesda RPG, where if you have the number, you succeed, they uh, actually present you with a die and the number you have to get, and if you you click the die, and the die does the rolling, and you can select, like, oh, you automatically get the plus bonus from your skill, and you could maybe add on a guidance bonus if you're, excuse me. If your cleric has guidance, they can cast guidance on you and give you another one to four. And then the, you click the die and it rolls. And maybe you get the number you need. Maybe you don't. Like, it, I, I can't. It, the best way to describe it is literally just it's Dungeons and Dragons the video game. And is it just on PC? Um, I don't know if it's on any other systems. Baldur's Gate. Oh, that's not what I want. <clears throat> um, Baldur's Gate 3. 
is available on... I don't know. It's on Steam. It's on PC. Um... Let's see if it's on Xbox. It will release on PS5 on September 6th. That's oh, the only nice. thing it's going to okay. be on. Right, so it's on the big players. Well, it's on two of the big players. Do they have crossplay? Uh, yes. I think. That's sick. That's really cool. Um, but the art's pretty good. And again, it really is like dungeon. So like when you enter combat... You can move a specific distance, and then that's as far as you move. And you have an action, and a bonus action, and a reaction. And if you're doing spell casting, you can cast your bonus action spell or your main action spell. You have spell levels. You have to prepare your spells. You get feats. Is it turn-based? Yep. Fascinating. Uh, okay, well, feels like based games existed long time ago. I know, but it sounds like that sounds like a rarity for like it is. a modern game. Especially, like, that's it's cool. a rarity for a modern game that isn't specifically like a um, XCOM or a like intended to be turn based game. You know, yeah, like, I feel like I mean, usually a turn based game, it's usually very specifically a turn based game intentionally. Whereas this is like, oh, it's turn-based because that's how Dungeons and Dragons is. Is God, so, so were the were the developers just based on like did they base it intentionally on Dungeons and Dragons? Were they like were oh, basically like because uh, obviously so Baldur's Gate is a uh, location in the world of Faerun of Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Faerun being the primary main canon world of Dungeons and Dragons when like. That is where the most of the adventures take place. That is where places like Waterdeep are. Uh, so Faerun, and then Baldur's... There's literally a Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition adventure book called Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus, where you are in the city of Baldur's Gate, and it gets sucked into hell, and you adventure through hell to put it back. Oh, okay. So these these games have been around. I'm I'm... Gonna, I found myself on Wikipedia. These games have been around for mm. a while. Like '98 was the first one. Mm-hmm. So it's a big deal that Baldur's Gate Three happened, and then they also just made it like even more Dungeons and Dragons than the previous Dungeons and Dragons video games. That's really cool. It's really, really cool that they did this. I'm playing a fighter. Uh. I think I probably would have enjoyed the game more if I'd played through it once before just as, like, playing a regular character, like your stereotypical-ass fantasy character. Uh, but my character is Sir Punch-a-Bunch. He is a fighter, a half-orc fighter, Sir Punch-a-Bunch, and Sir I try punch as often as I can to punch things in combat. Do you use only melee weapons, or do you use other weapons as well? I punch things. That's the answer I wanted to hear. That's it. Like, for the first, like, two areas of the game, my combat was that my main character would run up and punch the bad guys. 
and everybody else would do their thing. And then I got to a goblin camp, and I realized that that wasn't working anymore, so I had to go back to just regular melee weapons. But now I leveled up to level 4, and I can punch things again, because I took the tavern brawler feat. So now I do a consistent 7 damage. And frankly, consistent damage is better than the wavering of no da like 2 damage to 11 damage. Or the 4 damage to 11 damage. I'm going to have to take your word for it, because I don't know what any of those words mean. <laughs> James, which would you rather do? Seven damage every single time, or a random chance of anywhere from four to eleven? I'd rather talk things out, RJ. Okay, you can do that. Savage. You can do that. You want to talk it out? You just make a bard that's specked all charisma, and you talk your way through things. Oh, just like my life. Well, that's not true. No, it's not. <laughs> That's why I play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Love that though. That's it is cool that I didn't realize that there was like a game that was actually based on like a location and and in some of the mythos of and it's Dungeons not and Dragons. And I believe there's a Fro Ro uh, Frostwind Dale game, which is based right. on Frostwind, Rime of the Frost Maiden, that area of Faerun, which is a icy wasteland. Um. There's a couple others. It's just, it's cool. And it sounds like a lot of people, it sounds like you're having fun playing it. Oh, like it sounds like a lot of people are too. For it. Especially after they bumped their uh, PC release date up to avoid competing with Starfield. Starfield. It's the next Bethesda oh, game. Perfect. It's their first brand new IP in for fucking ever. Probably very fucking smart to not want to compete with that. <laughs> yeah, like it's their it's their new sci-fi IP. Oh, is this like um, is this their like an attempt at like uh, uh, sort of like what was the one game no that Man's was really Sky? Yes, that's it. Uh, yeah. yes and no. They're going to be more polished off. They're, it's going to be like if you took No Man's Sky and layered a Bethesda RPG on top of it. Yeah, like No Man's Sky meets Skyrim, basically. Yeah, like, it's going to have a Skyrim, but also there's a, like, a thousand other planets you can go land on where there's absolutely nothing but resources. Do you think we're... Where do you think video games are, RJ? Do you think they're in a, in a bit of a renaissance? Do you think they're holding steady and solid at just a good level? Do you think they're, they kind of don't know where they are um, like what do you think the state is right now i think there's some competing factions going on right now on the one you've got the companies themselves competing right like the big three nintendo's competing in its own way but mostly because it's nintendo it does its own thing and no one can really do anything to hurt it too badly if they don't want to be hurt um but like last this past summer i think it was like you had the, earlier this year, you had all of the Sony Xbox in the lawsuit because Sony was trying to stop the Activision acquisition from or either Activision or Blizzard. I don't remember which one, but one of the acquisitions by Microsoft, where the whole time Microsoft is saying like, "Hey, no, what we're doing, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine," and Sony's like, "No, you're destroying us. It's creating a monopoly." Blah, 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 blah. But then all the emails that, like, Sony's public statements during the thing did not align with the emails they were sending internally that ended up as part of the documents in the court case. How did they not align? Um, 
So, like, Sony would be like, oh, yeah, this is monopolizing, and we're not going to get access to releases, and it's restricting us, they're trying to choke us out. And then there'd be email communication where it's like, oh, uh, yeah, actually, we're going to get a deal on that one for a delayed release on PS5, so it's fine. Okay, so they weren't getting as screwed as they said they were, but they just wanted to try and screw over Microsoft. Okay. Oh, I mean, fair, right? Like, that... I forget, did the acquisition go through? Yeah, I think it went through. I'm pretty sure. The other thing is there's game development within studio kind of competition of, like, studios thinking microtransactions, which we've been yelling about for ages and ages, and over-monetization, and people just being like, that's how you make a game! It's the only way to make a game! You can't make a game! If you don't have it, you don't have a game! And then... Baldur's Gate 3 came out with massive success. Spider-Man, no microtransactions and only 3 DLC was a big success. The new Spider-Man game comes out next month. To huge success, I'm guessing, because I bought the PS5 for it. Um, It fucking better be a good game, because I swear to Christ, I bought a PS5 for it. Um, but Starfield's coming out. Starfield's going to be single player. That's a single player RPG. Um, people want to play games and yes, some games need to have live service, right? If you're constantly creating things for the game and doing updates on the game and have your main team working on more content for the game, you got to pay for the game. But fucking Halo did not need microtransactions. Halo did not need microtransactions or a battle royale or a season system. It fucking didn't. I'm sorry, but it didn't. So fuck off, fucking 343. Oh, and neither did, you know, Bioshock didn't need... What do you mean Bioshock? Like, didn't need, like, I, mean, I mean, Bioshock is in, like... I'm thinking of games that came out around that era. Bioshock had microtransactions? How- no, I'm saying it didn't need microtransactions. Oh, yeah. okay. We're talking, talking about games that were successful. No, James, James, I'm talking oh, the shit. most recent Halo. Oh, oh. Halo. Infinite. I thought you were talking about. I thought you were talking about like classic Halo, where it's like as a proof of like no, no, it I'm didn't saying, need these things. Yes, those things didn't need it, but like there are plenty of games coming out that have come out in the last year or are coming out now that are like at the top of the charts that don't have those things. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, yeah. Halo Infinite released. And they were like, no, we're not going to do Battle Royale. We're not going to have seasons. And then they had seasons. And they had microtransactions for cosmetics. And it was like, dude, you fucking suck dicks. I mean... Like, just Just tell, tell a good story and make a game fun to play. Like, that's hard. all you need. It, it it's it's harder than it looks. Hang on, I'm gonna go I, check the Steam Steam store page. Oh, it, Steam Strategy Fest. Ooh, that's a fun that's a fun sale. That's a good sale. I like that sale idea. Thinking about games like again, like um, Halo, Bioshock. You know what's Half-Life a good game two. that they love, and it's been out for ten years. Game Dev Tycoon, ten dollars. It's a fun little game dev tycoon. It's a it's a st- 
you run a game thing that's gonna you run a game dev company as as a whatever the fuck it is when you all right top selling games right now starfield which is an open world space rpg single player uh the next ones are counter-strike global offensive which is free to play dota 2 which is free to play armored core 6 fires of rubicon which what the fuck is that that i don't know what the fuck that is uh tom clancy's rainbow six siege destiny 2 which is now free to play i paid 60 dollars for fucking destiny 2 by the way um dead by daylight sea of stars which is a rpg with pixel graphics and turn-based combat and then call of duty nothing else just the og call of duty that doesn't even have a price on it uh the popular upcoming ou which is a fancy hand-drawn adventure game that frankly doesn't look like it's gonna have microtransactions uh, you've got High Sea Saga DX, which is an RPG casual simulation with an auto-battler. Uh, so that doesn't look like it's going to be microtransaction-y. You've got Dead Matter, which looks like it's a zombie simulation game. Uh, you have a game that I cannot actually say on this show because, good lord, I forgot that Steam allowed uh, NSFW content now. <clears throat> um... Yeah, there's nothing else really trending. Uh, new and trending. Let's check new and trending for trending. Um, yeah, nothing on here that I'm seeing in the new and trending is um, particularly... Bereft, uh, particularly filled with microtransactions. It's not shit people want. I, I really can't think of almost. I can't think of anyone I know who would be like, "Oh my god, that game has microtransactions." Yes. Oh, I'm getting it now. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And again, Ooh. live service games that require it because they need to keep making money. Okay, fine. Like. You're constantly putting out new content and not asking for things to be paid for. Alright, fine. Don't make me pay for a fucking season pass for your content, though. If you're gonna fucking... I feel... That's just I DLC. Feel like season passes are just DLC. Just make me pay for I was gonna DLC. say... I feel like there was a healthy balance in, like, the mid to late 2000s where it's like, alright, you're gonna get this fully fleshed out game, and depending on the game you like we will create dlc for it for the next like two to three years like you'll get a couple dlc updates that you can either pay and download like pay for and download or you can go into the store and buy them or we'll sell them with like new versions uh like we'll sell them with new games you know which is honestly a brilliant like marketing tactic that's genius um and it's like, I feel like a game that is constantly updating and requires players to fuel it with money is not a good game. Like, I don't know if... Well, it's... Right? Like, that just doesn't seem... To me, it just doesn't seem... Here's, here's the other thing that right. really gets me about it. Why the fuck do I ever need to pay 
a third-party service like Microsoft or PlayStation for on to be online to play your fucking game when I also have to pay to play your fucking game. Like, if you're running servers and you're selling microtransaction content to keep your servers going, why the fuck am I paying Microsoft to play on your server? You're talking about, like, Xbox Live and stuff like that? Yeah. Now, Uh, like, keep in mind, like, Halo 3, you didn't pay for their servers, so okay, fine. That's fine, I guess. Whatever. That my recommendation I gave it. What's your recommendation? <laughs> my recommendation, I enjoy that conversation. My recommendation is Gunswift, which is a uh, an old 1960 paperback western, like a pulp western by uh, TV Olson. Um I went to this uh antique store in our hometown uh with my stepbrother Maybe a year ago, and I picked up a bunch of these like paperback uh, pulp novels. I got like a Man from Uncle, and then I got a bunch of westerns. Ooh, Man from Uncle, neat. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. It was it was it was fun, and I flipped through them some of these before I got them, and I picked this one. Some of them might have been I picked for their cover, or I picked because I recognized their name. Uh-huh. This one I picked because the first page of it was so wonderfully and colorfully detailed and written i was like wow this is like really cool a lot of the times those paperback westerns can be fun but they're very they're written very dry like it's just very plain like they did this then they went to this town and then this happened and then they go to the town and they do the thing yeah and this western is like not necessarily it's not super complex it is still kind of like they're going here and then they're going there and then they're doing that writing though is like so there's so much effort put into it that it almost the fact that it's actually kind of following a basic plot almost makes it better because it is so like wonderfully sketched and and illustrated through the words i kind of love it i i i really admire somebody who is like i'm gonna make this like relatively simple plot that you can follow along but I'm going to use it to hang these, like, beautiful paintings. Like, I think that's really cool. And I really like this novel. It's so far, I've only read... Read... I haven't even finished a paperback western yet. Like, I started one that I got, like, two years ago, and then I, I did not finish it. So this is going to be the first one that I finished, and I, I'm, I'm glad to honestly say that, because uh, I've enjoyed this. I actually... No, that's not true. That's not true at all. I finished one other paperback western. That was actually fun this one is uh better written for sure so uh if you if you wander into an antique store or a used bookstore um i would genuinely suggest like checking out their old if they have a pulp novel or an old paperback section um they're always short usually pretty basic you can find great like murder mysteries or detective novels or like spy thrillers you can find westerns and they're just really fun to read because people don't really make books book like books like those anymore and i really love to see them make a comeback so what's like westerns specifically or more of those like dime store cheap paperbacks 
dime store cheap paperbacks, mainly because I ironically think that our attention span has like arrived at the point where those are actually going to be welcome. I'm going to write the 300 literature. word novel. Do it, man. I meant to do say it. page, but now that I said word, I'm stuck. <laughs> yeah, do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to publish 300 word novels. <laughs> it's I, less I, than a I page. Mean, Less than Dude, an eight and a half the, by eleven. Most of these books are like maybe a hundred fifty pages, oh, like really? super super small. Yeah, like super lean. Um, really, really fun through. Like, I do think a wait for a novel is like. I honestly think three three hundred pages for me is my limit for what I would call like a good wait Let for me, a novel. I, I think need to once check a book on my shelf. I know, but you have a bunch of those huge fantasy no, 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 or sci-fi no, 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 books. No, 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 I I'm picking up a Jim Butcher, uh, Dresden Files. Do you know it? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, oh, so Jim Butcher is an author. His main uh, creation is Harry Dresden, a modern wizard. Um, they're kind of detective stories, where like magic and monsters and all that stuff is real, but just under wraps, and Harry Dresden is a um like chicago-based wizard who offers his uh, services publicly as a wizard um but he works with like the chicago police and stuff it's fun and um need to make sure i'm at the end of the story yep uh so 401 pages is his first book I believe. I think it's this is his it's, first one. Nope. It's, it's like not the first one. I grabbed the wrong one. That's okay. It's still four hundred pages. That's. It's like. If it reads quick and if it's it, fun, yeah. like no, they definitely it, the read page quick. count. Like the page count never matters. Like you know those authors I, whose story, like stories, it's like. You could grab any one of them and pick them up, and they spend the first chapter just telling you who everything is and what you need to know so you can read the rest of the story. Uh, That's Jim Butcher. Like, he is... He's the one of the modern dime store novelists. Um, another book I have that's, like, a really good example of it. So, Patricia Briggs is an author, and the book I have by her is called Fire Touched. It's, again, a fantasy book, but, like, set in a modern setting where werewolf packs are real, and the main character is, like, a female love... is, like, a f woman who's embroiled in the whole werewolf thing and is the, like, female leader of the pack, but their pack is, like, all the rejects and weirdos. And, like, they keep the peace between the fairies and the vampires and the werewolves and the locals after everybody, like, became aware... Of fantasy stuff and the humans like herded all the fantasy people basically into immigrate like into camps uh, cool. reservations like the fairies all withdrew into the reservations and vanished and no one's heard from them because they just focused inward and created fairy realms but like I picked up this book and I read it and I was like man that was a good book and then I found out it was book three what'd you do I enjoyed it. 
Did you go back and read the other ones? No, I haven't yet. The first, this is good enough. I know what happened in the other ones. She's a werewolf. <laughs> she has some friends. An auto shop burned down. What more do I need? I, I guess if that if the context isn't off, yeah. I mean, this one, to be fair, is a hardcover book, and it's um three hundred and forty-two pages as a hardcover. The New Testament is something like two hundred pages. Like, Damn, is it really? Yeah, it's very what a short. Bunch of nerds. Most of the, most of they the Bible write is a actually book in two hundred pages. No, they couldn't. <laughs> they, they wrote a pretty great religious text, but they wrote a really shitty book. What a shitty novel! Right. It's judgmental. It. They wrote a book that is that is that really it's challenges the good book. you. It's the good book. Um, some would say the best book. Some would say the only book. Um, yeah, those people are hence, wrong. Hence the name. Just factually. Um, just like there are other uh, books like, out there. There are. I just like. I put it into that context and I'm like, like, I've even, you know, I've read like Dostoevsky, like I've read like Crime and Punishment and that book is like five or 600 pages or something like that. And maybe it's like 400. It's like, it's really good, but it's like, how many pages do you need? I guess every story gets the page count that it deserves. Like, so I can't True. judge necessarily. It's just like. I will say one of the worst experiences is when you're reading a book and you realize like halfway through you're like I am not into this and you're like you're maybe 200 pages into a 400 page book I had that happen recently and I was oh, like really? oh my god I was like I can't it's like oh like fuck um, I, I had that happen to me so when I went to Japan I took a few I took quite a few books with me, with me to Japan thinking I'd do more reading than I did uh, but two of the ones I started in Japan were the way of Z uh, Zen, the way of the warrior and the Batman and philosophy books. And I got about halfway through each of them while I was over there and I got back from Japan and I just couldn't keep going on them. Like it was, a, it turned into a struggle to read through them. I, it's like the worst feeling, isn't it? Like, I am trying to... I, I used to do the thing where you're... Like, I used to read, like, three books at once. Oh, and God, I hate doing that. I... It's a bad idea. It's like, I was able to do it for a little while, but eventually it just gets... It just gets to be too much, and I would prefer to have, like... That's one of the other good things about those paperbacks, is that you can carry them almost anywhere. They're very portable. Um, but, like... Yeah, like... Uh, you know what book uh, I really need to, like, force myself to get back into? Is American uh, Gods. I picked up Neil oh, Gaiman's American Gods. I read, like, the first chapter or two. And I was like, yeah, I like this. I like Gaiman. I like this world he's setting up. I like these characters he's introducing. And I set it down one day and walked away for, like, seven months. Isn't that a graphic novel, too? I oh, thought... I'm sure it's been turned into a graphic novel, but it started out as a novel. Like, it's just a book. What do you think... What do you think, like, makes you walk away from, like, a book? Honestly? No. Life. Like, these days, if I... Even the most engrossed I get in a book, I will put it down and go do other things. And it's not because I didn't like the book. It's, mm. like, honestly... I think a lot of the time it's because of my hands. I, I, I have hyperhidrosis. I sweat from my hands a fuck ton. 
And on my good days, I'll pick up the book and start reading. Problem is, I get really involved in the book. And so then, the, when the suspense happens, my adrenaline starts to spike. And I have a much lower threshold to begin sweating from my hands. And then my hands start to sweat, and then I don't like holding the book anymore. Damn. I mean, and then that's I put a down the book, reason. and then I won't go read again. Has bad writing ever turned you off from book? Um, not that I can think of. I'm a glutton for punishment, though. <laughs> like, do you remember back in high school, academic decathlon? Yes. I w I finished that book. <laughs> That was so Oh, the Pilgrim at Tinker Creek. Yeah. Dude, that book, okay, that book is honestly not, like, it's not bad. It's just, like, it's super dense, and it's very abstract, and there's no oh, way that a group of I thought of it was just stories. really conceited. It, it's very, it is like, pretentious in a certain so way. It's so fucking pretentious. I was just like, I don't, I don't, okay, it's cool that you took your goldfish out of the bowl and wrapped it in a wet paper towel so it wouldn't die, and then looked at its fin under a microscope. Cool. I, that, that'd be cool if it had anything to do with anything. Or if you had any intention behind your whole sojourn beyond, I'm gonna do what fucking Henry David Thoreau did. I did not, I did not finish this book. I remember certain sections of it. I think it's beautifully written, like, prose. Like, I think it's a beautifully written, uh, book. I would actually, this is making me want to get in, back into it, honestly. No. Like, my copy is very old. Um, Ooh, you know what you should... Okay, we gotta wrap this podcast up. But, book you should read. And this is the way you should read it. Because I haven't read it just as a text yet. Dracula Daily. Okay. There is a guy who runs a substack. I think it is. I don't fucking know what it is. It's an email thread. He sends you emails every day. You subscribe, he sends you emails. But he took Dracula, the book... And rearranged it chronologically. So it sends you whatever happened on that day in an email at the start of the day. Which means you can read, like, a new email a day for, like, a week. And then it goes silent for a month. That's pretty cool, actually. I mean, that is very, um... It's the Because Dracula... Yeah, sorry, you go. I, like, that's how I first read Dracula, was doing that as the email. Yeah, it is it is an epistolary novel um and he does a cool thing of like taking because like the voyage of the demeter which i don't know why they're turning that into a fucking movie everyone dies on the demeter it doesn't need to be a movie um, i saw that yeah but in in the book you find it after the logbook gets found by the newspaper and that's when you read all the logs from the voyage of the demeter in his email chain he's like well it actually happens in order, so I'm going to give you the logbook in order, and then tell you when it's inserted in the newspaper. So, like, once it gets to the newspaper's reporting about the Demeter, he's like, hey, here's where the captain's log was found and published. That's pretty cool, though. That's, like, it's a, that's a cool project to take on. And once, and I guess he's publishing it as well now, because Dracula's just fucking free domain, I guess. But he's publishing his version where it's like in order because no one else has done that. But on him, dude, somebody, somebody had to do it. 
Oh my god. Apparently not. But alright, I think that's it for this week. If you didn't get something out of this episode, wait eight weeks and we'll have our four-year birthday. Yeah, my man. James, thank you for joining this week. Jay, thank you as always for having me. Thank you to the band Problem of Interest for letting us use the song Living in the Moment off the album Cross Off yesterday. You can find them on iTunes and Spotify. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are sold. We're also on social media. Our Facebook is Better Buddies, where we have our meme Mondays. Our Twitter is at BetterBudcast. Use the hashtag BetterBuddies when you tweet about the show. And our Gmail account is BetterBuddiesCast at gmail.com. You can send us fan art, hate art, fan mail, hate mail, declarations of love, and or war, icebreakers you want us to answer, or questions you need advice on. And last but not least, be a better buddy. And yes, I do realize I said Twitter instead of the social media platform formerly known as Twitter. It's it's one for the books.